This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by Armchair Critics of the Game. I'm your host, Ajit. In today's episode, we have quite a lot of test cricket to cover and some very interesting limited overs cricket as well. So to help us discuss all this, we have two new guests on the podcast from the Back of the Length Cricket Podcast. It's Mark and Rene. Hello, guys. Welcome to Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hi, Ajit. Thanks Hello. for having us. Yeah, excited to be here. Uh, very excited for, uh, you know, hosting you guys as well. So because uh, it's been a while since we've had anything uh, or anyone from a New Zealand cricket perspective. So <laughs> I used to have a couple of other uh, cricket podcasters also from New Zealand cricketers, they were called. Um, okay. It's been a while. Uh, so I think at least 100 episodes since. So very happy to have somebody else. Um, so... In our podcast, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's been a while. We've been doing it for a while and there's quite a lot of cricket going around. So at least we have never short of material. (laughs) So, well, before we get going, I just wanted to get an idea about when the cricket bug bit you and why it's kept you here. So maybe Mark, you could start off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for those who haven't been able to guess, I am originally from the UK, um, from Liverpool. Originally moved over to New Zealand 2019, been here for four years, but I started playing cricket in the UK when I was about 12. Got onto a group of mates in secondary school um, back in the UK who were cricket mad. So I picked it up and just loved, loved playing, loved being around sort of mates, having that sort of familial sort of weekend time of playing cricket. And then when I moved over here, decided I was too old and too lazy to carry on playing. So I now just critique from my armchair instead. So this is a very fitting podcast for me to be on. Fair enough. <laughs> so, Lenny? Yeah, I got into cricket about about 10 years ago. Um, my brother and dad always watched it, so I, I would sort of start watching it as well. Um, and then, yeah, it was just over 10 years ago I was watching and I thought, oh, I quite like the look of Tim Salby. Um <laughs> So I kept I kept right. watching, um, and yeah, it's just sort of grown into a bit of an obsession. Um, and I just I love the black caps. I love following them around, and yeah, like you said, just following as much cricket as we can. Fair enough. So, is there a format of the game that you guys prefer? Ours is Test match cricket, but uh, how about you guys? Oh. Yeah, I mean, my favourite format is watching England beat New Zealand in Test cricket. Um, which has been mm. pretty awesome over the last couple of weeks to watch how we go about our work. Um, yeah, test cricket for me is always the pinnacle of the game, right? It's the ultimate skill of test. Uh, sorry, ultimate test of skill. Um, and just seeing a game take shape over a few days, you know, you can see the tactics, you can see things start, you can see what people are trying to do. Um, yeah, that for me is absolutely the ultimate. And just being able to sit there for five days and watch cricket given how much we really like it, is obviously an absolute bonus. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Rene? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I agree. Test cricket is is the pinnacle. And I, I, you think back to New Zealand-England second test, how it all came down to that final day. Like, how could you think that after five days it would 
be that exciting. But I do have to say, I am a little bit of a sucker for a T20 um, like local mm. league because I really enjoy watching up and coming talent. And I find sort of T20, particularly here in New Zealand, um, the Super Smash is really accessible for a lot of cricketers. So mm. yeah, I, re- I do enjoy watching local leagues. So yeah, I mean, look, the T20I has added a new dimension. Mm. I dare say the more um, the more pace, the fast pace that Test cricket follows these days, more results that are coming. One mm. is because of the World Test Championship. The other is because of mm. cricketers themselves having a lot of skill when it comes to both bowling and batting and having a lot of confidence. Probably Test cricket is now played at you know three and a half runs an hour. While if you look not so long ago, 20 years ago, plus probably 2.7, 2.8. Also, it mm. depends on the on the place, I suppose, in the world where test cricket is being played. In certain places, it's easier to score faster. Certain places, not. But yeah. you're right. You know, I've probably repeated it a few times, but test cricket is like a boxing game. So you have each session mm. sort of coming through like a boxing round, you know. So there's yeah. a lot to look forward to, but there's going to be a big finish at the end. So that's quite something. Yeah. So... I was just going to say, you can just see it taking shape. You know, each session is can swing a game a different way. You think one session, you know, England, for example, were on top during the second test. The next session, New Zealand were on top. And just having that, you don't really have that in a T20 game because you haven't got time. So to see it sort of um, mature over a few days, but each kind of throwing their own punches um, is is pretty cool to watch. You never really know how it's going to end up. Absolutely. Also, the physical component of the game, the game, the part where, you know, I played three ODIs or equivalent of three ODIs over three days and I was almost dead on the fourth. <laughs> right? So yeah, to be tough. able to get up and come back. So, yeah. you know, in the 70s and 80s, they had a rest day in between. Usually, yeah. if, if yeah. there was ever a Sunday, they used to not play cricket on wow. a Sunday, it used to be the rest day. Mm. But now it's five continuous days. So fifth day, probably the most important day of the game. How fit mm. are you? I mean, if you're fielding, if you're batting, you know, mental component is always there, but how about the physical one? So that's why it's a test, right? So all of yeah. these things really matter. So, but, you know, T20I, it's brought a lot of um, lot of chances for players who are probably not going to play at a higher level, but also bought some exposure and some money in their pockets. So yeah. it has its real advantages, right? Mm. And professionalism that has been inj- injected into certain cricket setups. For example, I think Indian cricket changed by leaps and bounds once the IPL started. And then in the first five years of IPL, you saw the entire, you know, the cricketing setup change. So mm. th- that was quite something. So we can go into that. But, you know, if we look at the games that are currently underway. So I think we'll start with that New Zealand and um, England game, the one that finished. It was quite an exciting finish. And well, <laughs> New Zealand taking the... Very exciting. Yeah, usually yes. taking the victory. We did. We did take the victory. It was very exciting. Um, yeah, I, I think it was probably one of the greatest games that I've ever seen of Test cricket. Um, I was like messaging my boss saying, I can't do any work. I have to watch this game. Should have been a wide. Fair enough. Should have been a wide, I mean, honestly. Absolute oh, disgrace. I'm still, so, I'm still so salty about it. Absolute disgrace. That's all right. That's all right. So, for, you know, 256, that England team, Basketball, whatever you'd think, yeah, come on, they'll easily mm-hmm. win this. But then, a test match cricket has its value, and then New Zealand—they always punch above their weight, right? So, with the new captain Saudi, mm-hmm. it was going to be an interesting test. How the team were going to shape up under him? Well, they punched well. 
and they came back and they took that game so in that last an hour or so i think a few mm. a few small mistakes here and there joe root the way he got out and then ben folks you know you feel you feel a bit for england but what you know is this england team will yeah. come fighting that yeah. that hacked four by jimmy anderson advancing at neil wagner <laughs> I you thought know, that was right, the, oh god. I generally thought that was the game. Um and I yeah, messaged exactly. Renee and I was like, yeah, oh. game over. We need what two to win I think it was. Um and then yeah. there was two wides that weren't given, but hey ho. I think I honestly think the turning point in our innings was Harry Brook getting run out without facing the ball. Um obviously he was play with a series he'd scored runs for fun, so I think had Joe Root not have run him out then um I think we'd have gone on to win that game, but I think the the most impressive thing for me was the fact that New Zealand after their first innings were down and out they were what 230 odd behind had to bat mm-hmm. again because they had to follow on to be able to put on a score after their batters had been pummeled by our bowlers for you know the first test and the first innings of the second test to go on a put on a score that was big enough to give their bowlers something to defend was was really impressive and you know about the black caps is that they're never ever going to die wondering they're always going to put up a fight so that was pretty impressive yeah i think that's um yeah sort of what we said on our podcast after that was um that when new zealand came in to when they the follow on had been enforced was they had absolutely nothing to lose like they're either going to go down in the series or they're going to they're going to try force a draw so it it almost gave new zealand a whole lot of freedom to just play how they wanted to and you saw that with Tom Blundell and Kane Williamson and it was when Tom Latham also started scoring runs so mm. i think it just gave our batters weirdly gave our batters a lot of confidence and yeah like mark said when harry brook was run out the black caps thought it was on absolutely but you know england also didn't give up so they kept getting the runs joe root himself sort of almost made up for that run out right and yeah. nearly scored 100 what an 100 yeah, yeah. fourth innings yeah. but look kudos oh. to the black caps having come back after you know a follow on only for the fourth time in 150 plus years of history of test cricket so mm-hmm. they deserve yeah. that win and they deserve a share of that series so well done to them Moving on, uh, if you were to now look at the next test that's currently being played on your shores, the New Zealand uh, Sri Lanka mm-hmm. series that started yesterday, Sri Lanka came back came back uh, strongly. So it was more like um, concerted team efforts, no hundred, but three hundred and five for six in a sort of a truncated day, seventy five overs. So which team would be more happy at the end of day one? Oh, I want to say Sri Lanka. Um, It, it's a pretty good score. They were sitting at three hundred and five for six at the end of the day. Um, yeah, like you said, no no centuries, but all the players, apart from um, their opening batter, have actually scored mm. quite a lot of runs, which is something that New Zealand has been struggling to do when they're batting. They're not getting into these sort of you know high thirties, forties, fifties scores. So I think the Black Caps might be a little bit. unhappy with how their day's gone hmm. except for Tim Southey because Tim Southey took did take three wickets were pretty good how about uh, yeah. you mark i think sri lanka are definitely on top you know losing the toss yeah. and being asked to bat on what is uh, again another really green pitch in new zealand the ball did a lot early on um they only lost the one wicket there in the first session so to be 305 for 6 at the end of the play on a pitch that is the ball seeming about have been asked about I think New Zealand will be really disappointed and more spotlight is on Tim Southey and his ability to use the reviews they've got no reviews left again um and I think that's an area that he actually really needs to look at because there were a couple of close decisions there towards the end of the day hmm. that 
could have been reviewed may or may not have been out but they were a lot closer than the ones that he did review earlier in the day um so that's a real real area of concern is how tim Saudi uses their mm. reviews well yeah he used the review about about 30 minutes into the first game on the opening batter it was a very bizarre choice and <laughs> yeah maybe maybe he thought it was a good review but you're thinking mate you're still hopefully you know you still got what three four sessions that yeah. you need these reviews it was very it was very odd this is why you should never have a bowler as a captain ah i was about to go there everything's right? so out <laughs> you have to you have to fight off that instinct that everything is out right mm. yeah that's why absolutely. and you need to have a slightly calmer head it's always been a tough job if you are a bowler to captain a team simply because you will be involved in the action at some point in time shortly or you're involved in the action right away and you're yeah. you're you have mm. to still keep a few things going in your head see in test match cricket and in most cricket you have to be a couple of hours ahead of the game otherwise you are going to have mm. some trouble right so um that's the one thing definitely learning about the drs i think in the england series as well this that's some learning tim saudi has to go through but look he's yeah. been around for a while more than a decade he'll, he'll he'll get there very quickly so but let me give you another perspective on this 305 for 6 is an excellent uh, score and kasun rajita actually stood up because at you know mm-hmm. 6 for 268 couple more wickets if it was 300 for 8 it was almost even stevens but then for me yeah uh, they always say you know jeffrey boycott says it add two wickets to the score that's the real you know that's the reality of what things can be in 10 minutes right yeah and at the start of the second day you'll again have those same swinging conditions i expect actually black caps to come back and wrap up this uh, new zealand sorry the sri lankan mm-hmm. innings under 350 because look the other three are not much known to be batters asita prabhat or lahiro right so um one wicket might bring a couple quickly and that might be that so it it really depends on this guy dananjaya de silva i really like him as a cricketer by the way he's played some yeah. really really defining knocks that uh, that have completely changed the con- complexion of a series a test everything so in a matter of like 2 hours 3 hours he's done it in the third innings or fourth innings of the game so i look forward to him he's usually a bit mercurial he's he's more like len maxwell but a little bit more consistent in his head i think so i'm really looking forward to what happens at the beginning of the day 2 so that will really define how the rest of the series will go I'll, i dare say so if sri lanka yeah. can bat out a session get to 400 or close to 400 they're scoring at a really good rate here if they can get to around yeah. 400 they have a positive start in the series and new zealand will have to fight back but if new zealand can get the remaining 3 4 wickets in 30 40 runs who knows right that's the way i look at it yeah yeah it's worth yeah, bearing in mind as well right the, the new yeah. balls due in five overs um so mm-hmm. you know you'll have a new ball fresh fresh pitch in the morning um there might be a little bit of rain about tonight really interesting about rajatha is he had an average of 5 Mm-hmm. coming in at number 8 so that kind of shows to your point Ajit um you know there's probably not a lot left to come get an early wicket in the morning get him out get the tail and wrap it up new zealand i think will be happy to keep it under sort of 330 mm-hmm. mm. mm-hmm. yeah i think anything over 350 and sri lanka are, are ahead of the game but yeah i think i think if new zealand can pick them off um very early in in the first session then they'll be they'll be happy with that new zealand bowlers with fresh legs in the morning and uh, hopefully can get something out of the pitch. Um and then yeah if they can come into bat you you are looking at um Tom Latham batting on his home ground. Um he absolutely loves Hagley Oval so mm. if he can get a partnership with Devon Conway the Black Caps could get well underway on day 2. 
now but you know uh, the top order of new zealand owes them a few runs the top and the middle <laughs> so they only yeah. really came good in the fourth innings of that uh, series it was a singlet so they they'll want to do that in the first or the second innings of the series already so yeah. look in the bigger picture new zealand have an outside chance of making the world test championship final one if australia do them a favor and probably either hold india or beat india in the fourth test right mm. but new zealand will have to be beaten twice so that's the whole point they have to take the series to nil here sri lanka so hmm. i think yeah. they're geared up for that that's the whole bigger picture here because for a lot of the players in this 11 sri lankan 11 i must say it's a sort of a last hurrah because look at dinesh chandimal he's come back into the team we don't know if he'll be here around for much longer angelo matthews body it's like popperdom held together by duct tape i think these days <laughs> and you have a bunch of new generation people the dimut karunaratna has a couple of good years in him yet but mm. oshada fernando kusal mendes has been a really really good talent who's gone nowhere right off field issues caught smoking somewhere in leicester square whatever so uh, during corona <laughs> niroshan dikwala all of these people have a lot to offer and if these two or three big guys go out the youngsters have to then show them sri lankan cricket is in good hands right so yeah. it's sort of a it's sort of a very important series if you're a sri lankan fan so lot to look forward to here for me so i'll be keeping a close eye on this series because anyway it's test match cricket and it's i love cricket <laughs> in the southern hemisphere i must say this i love it more than in the northern hemisphere so it's being played new zealand especially is a, yeah new zealand especially is a really cool place to watch cricket mm-hmm. i found it's my favorite place to watch it just sitting on the grass banks soaking in the sunshine it's beautiful absolutely that is one pivotal test if you go to the other one that's currently underway australia india so i don't know if you guys saw the third test it's been a few days in between but i don't know what happened india blinked india for a second just i think took their eyes off the eyes off the important things and australia came back and beat them just i guess the lesson you never uh, forget you are playing australia i guess yeah if there's i guess if there's one team that can win tests in in india at the moment it you'd probably say it'd be australia um maybe england yeah. yeah i mean australia have been good for the last couple of years there's a reason that they've made the world test championship final um this was always going to be their biggest test and the first two tests they failed um but i think they may have gotten themselves a little bit more used to the conditions um i'm just looking at the scorecard at the moment for the current test that is 94 for 2 off 34 so yeah. a relatively solid start yeah so but rene any chance you are following the series um yeah i'm sort of just keeping it keeping an eye on it like we said sometimes the timing of it is a bit a bit hard here in new zealand um yeah it, it's been an interesting series for australia because they've been really struggling with injuries so you've had david warner go home pat cummins is now um no longer available for this test so they they're mm. really chopping and changing um which why I, w- i was a bit surprised they managed to to sneak that win uh, over india um yeah I, i think this fourth test is anybody's game you've got mm. um kawaja in at the moment who was just playing so well for australia overseas so he's 40 um of 113 steve smith is in good form um i'm a big fan of cameron green and alex carey so yeah i i think this this could go either way and it could be another day five thriller 
I think so, but maybe it'll not get to day five. Uh, both sides have packed. No, maybe not. Maybe there's pushful thinking. <laughs> no, I mean both sides have packed their uh, teams with spinners, three three each. So that gives you an mm-hmm. idea. This is sort of a crumbling pitch. So if it's a traditional wicket, so Indians were talking of a pacey wicket, but probably after the loss of the third test, they have gone back to formula uh, strength at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they have two fast bowlers who can bowl. You know these incisive spells in Umesh Yadav and Shami, but mostly it'll be the three spinners who'll be doing a lot. of bowling so it looks like you know a traditional pitch two good days and then the pitch will start crumbling and then it may end in third fourth or mm-hmm. fifth day depending on how well the teams have set themselves up but for now you guys are absolutely right australia have set themselves up really well and steven smith has not had a really big impacting innings yet in the series you know khwaja has made two of those you're right i thought he played the innings of the test match in the third one so mm-hmm. when you look at that again this might be a test match where you bat big bat once if you are batting first which australia already are doing but on the yeah. other hand the mm-hmm. first match scores the first inning scores will be really important so whichever team takes even a 50 or a 60 run lead might be very very crucial in this game so from that perspective i dare say australia are beautifully set up so if mm-hmm. they can even finish with the scores of any of these other tests right 311 for 7 or 305 for 6 they'll mm-hmm. take it with both their hands as things stand yeah, yeah absolutely so yeah and you're right you know uh, peter hanscom had a good uh, innings in the first uh, test but he's not made much since so he'll want to make some impact here but it'll be it'll be a really good seesawing sort of a game so there's no there is no point in taking your eyes off it if possible keep following it because it's going to be very 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 interesting that's the way i look yeah. at it but india have the most to lose right they're playing at home they haven't mm-hmm. lost a series in i don't know 12 or 13 seasons here at home they've lost an occasional test which like they did in the series but the mm-hmm. the series is not gone but for them it's not about just drawing the series now it's about winning it because that's when they can actually mm-hmm. go to the world test championship final so they already went there yeah. once lost to the black caps that golden generation you know the oh. those innings um i'll never forget ross taylor and ken williamson in the final so they have some uh, <laughs> history there india they want to set it right so mm. lot to yeah, look forward yeah you definitely to. feel like india mm. india definitely want to be back at that world test championship final and um have another go at that trophy so i the, i don't think that they're going to go down in this game without a fight pretty much that's, we that's definitely want whoever we definitely want whoever makes the final against australia to win as well <laughs> I think except <laughs> except Australia everybody yeah. else. Yeah. Well actually yeah. And yeah, anyone actually, else um, besides Australia. Tricky. Yeah. But but you were just saying that if Australia win and New Zealand win both their games, New Zealand could be on on the plane over there. No, so No, no. New Zealand. No, Sri Lanka. Apologies, no. it's only oh, Sri Lanka. Yeah, sorry, Sri Lanka. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that because because it's always very difficult for us when we need New Zealand and uh, we need Australia to win for New Zealand to do better. don't like that but now that's been taken away from yet so yeah hopefully yeah india make the final and wins. yeah <laughs> go india that's what we're after i mean for Sri me, lanka whoever whoever makes us whoever makes the final against australia would be supporting that team i mean purely from a romantic notion perspective i must not uh, you know uh, i must not write india off ever but I would love it if Sri Lanka were to actually win two tests in New Zealand. Mm. You know, they they won a <laughs> test in South Africa, they won a series in South Africa. No Asian team has done it. Mm. Right? Mm. India for all the who hype and hoopla, they lost that series to South Africa 2-1 after winning the first test, right? This was 2021 yeah. end mm. I think, right? So so in any case, so um New Zealand um yeah, they'll want to finish on a high. They're 8th in the World Test Championship table, but they don't mind that right. because they'll have to get up <laughs> out of it. 
and they want to see themselves right for the next cycle so the way to do it is when mm. when well at home they've always done it so i expect mm. it it will be quite an uphill task for uh, sri lanka but let's see now moving on if you were to take a look at the other test that started yesterday so again a seesawing day of test cricket a proper test match yeah. day if you are a fan <laughs> right so um again a lot of very good contributions a 96 and an 85 even from the south african top order Mm. but they would feel a bit let down the way they finished the day because look from 3 for 278 most teams maybe lose one more wicket from there they shut shop yeah they sit on it and they you go into the next day at 310 for 3 or 4 or 5 those last mm. two wickets extra they would have really hurt them because um west indies kept coming back they kept getting better it's almost like west indies starts every test as if it's the first test of a tour and they are learning yeah. something about the pitch <laughs> yeah, it yeah. can happen india were and sometimes still are terrible terrible tourists so but they get better and better as the day goes on you see that right so mm. um so the interesting part about this pitch is there are some rough patches outside the um good length areas on both sides of the wicket right almost as if yeah. it were in india like i don't know if you remember the pictures that came out before the first test something like that so yeah, both absolutely. teams yeah. have packed spinners so there are two spinners in the 11 which is so new zealand uh, sorry south africa have two new spinners in keshav maharaj and simon harmer a very very experienced pair for them right mm-hmm. and west mm-hmm. indies have brought back gudakesh muthi and he took three wickets actually in the first uh, day already mm-hmm. right so they have roston chase who's like a off spinning all rounder so at least mm-hmm. for me aidan makram has sort of proved uh he's hungry to play test match cricket whether he'll succeed outside of south africa this is a always a big big question for any player yeah so aidan mm-hmm. makram will have to see if he's able to bring that fire back now i think his career is on the up and up he's been appointed the t20a captain of south africa he's been appointed mm-hmm. the uh, sunrisers captain for ipl because he won it with the sat20 for the same franchise right yeah so bo yeah. yeah yeah he did so bavuma finally yeah. bought a run or two um 28 tough runs i think <laughs> he always makes tough runs yeah. for me bavuma but i mean after a pair he'll be really happy to get to 28 but then he'll then be disappointed to you know sort of lose it rian rickleton yeah, brought back sure. into the squad again lot of stories here for me right henrik klassen retained uh, rian rickleton after start mm. failure henrik klassen is now the key for south africa on day 2 but then you know the moment there is something the pitch does or maybe West Indians probably they are better with the older ball apparently because Kimar Roach bowled that much better holder there are there about right and but for me the revelation towards the end of the day was Kyle Myers between him holder yeah, and Roach yeah. really well no they, they they really pulled the game back right yeah. so in the first session South Africa were going at four and a half an hour so the first thing West Indies did is to drag the run rate, run rate down slow the game down a little bit right that's very important mm. and from that point on as the ball got older after the 50th over their sort of seamers people who don't bowl much more than 130 kph 130 132 kph they took over roach myers and holder right they dragged the run rate down they start getting the wickets and of course you cannot keep a guy like joseph out all the time with his pace with that aggression that he brings in he took a wicket as well and he took that important wicket i dare say once tony dozorzi got out I, i felt for him when he couldn't get to that 100 i think it was a little bit of a brain fade mm-hmm. something he'll work mm-hmm. out as his career progresses he gave his wicket yeah. to moti bold right yeah. i'm like ah oh, come on mate you can you can avoid this <laughs> <laughs> and no no what really matters is the guy on the other end that really matters mm. 
he was so well put together until temba stayed with him and you saw yeah. when temba got out he sort of a, was a bit antsy it happens to you probably when you're head i don't know what it is to experience getting to a first test 100 but it probably happens to you when you're <laughs> closer to the milestone and the guys on the yeah. other side like like uh, ryan rickleton probably he doesn't have the maturity to probably talk at him and say you know block it out man block it out block it out play this over out it's fine it's fine you know you can see he was getting yeah. antsy and he got out that was mm. a bit of a shame for me but all in all this test match is set up wonderfully south africa did not get away right they could have been 320 for 3 and then west indies know they are going to face a 500 or something they they, they are not yeah, there but then you know keshav maharaj can bat he'll be coming out in the morning in a cup in an hour's time or so mm. right he can bat very well i mean in as much that he can hold one end and jeral kotsi and kagisora bada won't die wondering right so they're going to yeah. give it the long handle so yeah yeah 400 rabana is a capable batsman so it's a half in coming at 11 shows how strong their batting order is all the way down to 11 because kagisora bada is more than capable right Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so again it's pretty much the same what we discussed about new zealand right so if west indies can come yeah. back and get three wickets quickly get them under 350 now you start off yeah. almost at an even keel and craig brathwaite mm-hmm. he has one defining innings in the series but he'll want to play one more tagnar and chandrapal he has something to look forward to because he mm-hmm. has shown a lot of promise but then comes the consistency can you score those 40s and 50s when it's not going for you right german blackwood yeah. will only play when the team is in trouble but can he play when the team is also doing okay <laughs> roston yeah. chase no roston chase i don't i thought he was one of the people yeah. who might have been left out on this pitch they went with the hard decision they let the really fast guy go shannon gabriel from the last test so mm. the keeper yeah. usually makes some nuggety runs jason holder is due a few right so for me it will be a very interesting test i dare say this one might be a real four or a five day thriller this is the way i look at it yeah yeah i'd agree with you on that yeah one. i yeah i think so i think the only thing is is the west indies are just so inconsistent like they could come out and get 400 or they could come out and get 150 so uh, yeah like you said if, if they can knock south africa off early i think they'll have a lot more confidence but i think if south africa get over 400 ahead if um hanrick classen can dig in and have someone stick around and get a big score hmm. i think the west indies might get a bit on the back foot here i mean that's what disappointed me very much you know what you said exactly yeah on the fourth innings of the first test in the fourth innings so Craig Brathwaite was out like there was one over to a break i think it was lunch and he was dismissed if he had not been dismissed i think mm. i think it's a bit tough to say it but i think they would have gone a lot closer and they would have even won the first test it was just 250 to chase right so in south yeah. africa you've seen mm. these days it's mostly whose batting can stay a bit steady right mm-hmm. so it's always yeah. around 300 so if you make 300 320 you're always in the game but um even if you are just holding your head i think even 200 220 chases is what we will get in the last innings so that's what happened in india told and since then as well so um let's see how the test match ends so if we go quickly over to the other games so it's the bangladesh uh, england odi series the t20 series starts today later today mm. but the third of those odis yes. well england had won the series 2-0 wonderful wonderful innings one each by the openers jason roy once and then not the opener but malan right at the top of the order so they had won the games yeah. for england and then comes this um this third odi where you know you thought this is a different pitch the pitch is more even not as slow and slow as uh, you know mirpur but um 246 did not seem enough at the start because um najmul hussain yeah. shanto mushfiqur rahim and shakibal hasan they all came good but then 
the rest of them didn't do much right again mahmudullah mm-hmm. who only scores when the team is in trouble he usually makes a useful 30 he couldn't get there mm-hmm. tamim iqbal would be very disappointed with his returns in the series as a skipper and also you know as a skipper to lose the series but then jofra archer played two games took 3 3 wickets in both the games that's very positive if you are an england uh, fan but then rahan ahmed rahan ahmed was given a debut uh, when was the last time a teen leg spinner made a debut for england god knows I mean himself in the tests but i meant in the limited overs games so but he was and he mm-hmm. was bold more ahead of the more experienced rashid i think they wanted him to get that you know that uh, taste in his uh, palate the first time he was given his full yeah. quota he went for a few runs but that's okay that's that's a part of the game right you have to learn but then yeah. uh, you know mm-hmm. you saw adil rashid get two wickets but uh, you saying uh, mark yeah i think for ryan ahmed you know series is already won so these are the types of games where you want him to kind of cuts his own cloth right so yeah bring him on before Adi Rashid give him a bit of confidence skip it turns around and says you're my man to get a wicket fair enough it might not yeah he went for 62 off 10 so he goes at 6.2 and over but these are the games where you really figure out he's probably never really played in these conditions before to the quality of opposition that he's playing against mm-hmm. in an ODI game um, obviously he played in Pakistan there in the test series but um, yeah delighted for him to be honest um, he's he played really well in Pakistan and looking forward to seeing what he can bring across all formats for England. Absolutely. Look it is, oh, it's awesome to see Jofra Archer back as well. Sorry to interrupt like. Yeah, I was just um, going to say yeah. I was just going to say Jofra Archer is the um yeah, I love that he's back in the team. He's he's such a firecracker. Um yeah. I just love watching him bowl. So yeah, it's just you can see three wickets there um, of 8.5. So a, a good performance from him and just so much fun to have him back on the cricket field. Absolutely. I mean, just to give you a little bit of a assessment, if you are playing all your life in the England or in these conditions, if you go to Asia anywhere and the ball starts ragging off a length, you're like, wow. Yeah. I want to play here all yeah. the time. You know, I think um, uh, <laughs> I think the spinner, uh, what's his name, Kuhneman said, right? I want to take indoor pitch home, right? Where he took yeah. a five-hour <laughs> before lunch on the first day. He's like, I want to take this pitch home. Can I please? So, you know, yeah. it's, you feel so much more enthusiastic, but then it's not about getting carried away but you know still remembering mm. you have to still bowl the same lengths that you did back home but let the pitch do the rest right yeah and i so, think that's why it's so it's so good to have ryan armer play in these games because he's 18 19 years old mm-hmm. as a young leg spinner especially as a leg spinner you see it ragging as far as what it does in the likes of india or bangladesh there is the opportunity there to get over excited and to start trying to do all of these different things like throw your googly in you know really toss it up bowl full both full because you're trying to induce the edge so these learning curves are going to be so ex- so important for his experience going forward i think oh, as much as the game the time he spends in the nets here yeah. that will yeah. sort of give him that confidence as well as that belief you know especially in the longer format for me i'm really looking forward to a match winning leg spinner in the england 11 at all times so i'm a leg spinner myself it's it's a tough art and you get to grips with it about 7 or 8 years of bowling at whichever level you're bowling right it it is that right. tough yeah. but then yeah. for you to get there you have to that the journey can't be replaced so and you're always the bowler but to whom the captain goes for wickets you are sometimes costly um, and yeah. that that's a part mm-hmm. of your trade right so th- that's how you are but then you can sometimes break a game apart in a matter of 5 hours so that's also possible so yeah absolutely com- coming back to the chase you know um england started pretty decently and there was one failure for david malan but they were there or thereabouts right up until sam mm-hmm. karan and josh butler so sam karan was promoted 
as a lefty right up the order mm-hmm. so they have two of those yeah. right so there's also mohin ali so they chose to promote sam karan and he sort of did his bit the only thing if anything was he took a bit more time but it, there was time to be taken in this in this yeah. game but mm-hmm. then shakib al hasan i mean what a competitor right so he becomes the third player after shahid afridi and sanaj jaisuria to get to 6000 runs and 300 odi wickets right so Wow. Master, he's real master. He's always been such a good player. I mean, yeah. him, yeah. we'll only realize how good he's been once he's done. One of those players. Yeah, he I took a 4-4, so. yeah. put the game to bed for uh, Bangladesh, gave them that win, right? But more importantly, Shakib can do this. He, win, he won the game completely on his own, you must say, because highest scorer with the bat and then comes back yeah. and takes four wickets. And in yeah. most games, he even opens mm-hmm. the bowling, right? In these helpful conditions. It's quite something, quite something. So, um, I mean, as I said, for me, the numbers he puts up are not really relevant while he continues to play but the moment he hangs up his boots you'll see oh god really so it's like vetori like until he played he was like mm. yeah, this guy is there or thereabouts he takes one or two wickets in each game yeah i mean look at he's played 100 tests only 300 wickets but then once he retires is when you really see oh really mm. that sort of longevity that many runs to really so it mm. comes up only towards the end of a career or at the end of a career so quite for me the best bowling all uh, all rounder pound for pound or just the best all rounder pound for pound is right now shakib alasan yeah. jadeja is there or there about if when he's not injured we'll have to see how he shapes up he's also closer to the end than the beginning right jadeja but yeah. more so yeah. with shakib yeah. i think yeah i i like what you're saying about shakib mm-hmm. sorry just to interrupt because i i feel like shakib will then always try to be better in health if if you know sort of at the top of the accolades you know he's always going to be hungry for more wickets or more runs and then later like you said at the end of his career we're going to be like oh my gosh that guy was so good but for now he's just going to be playing better and better cricket mm-hmm. yeah i think the thing about shakib is the best compliment i can pay him is if he doesn't do well bangladesh do not win yeah it's just yeah. as simple as that that's the like he i'm not going to say carries the team but he is that good compared to the players that he plays with that if he does well bangladesh can have a chance to win the game but if he doesn't perform mm. they just do not stand a chance for me especially when they're playing at home so they have found yeah. a few new stars people who can stand up the captain himself tamim did a lot litan das has had a very quiet series which you can after really a blockbuster sort of year that he's had and then yeah. mahmudullah usually makes these critical runs so these three or four people right tamim is closer to the end but more so mushfiq shakib and mahmudullah so these are the golden generation yeah. the you know the fab four so to say of, of uh, bangladeshi cricket so we're going to shortly see the mall sort of take a bow so i'm going to wait how bangladeshi cricket um, shapes up after that really it's quite a challenge yeah. that they have because when four such really big players really impactful players and probably the best players of their generation in the team walk out there'll be quite a big um, dip in performance so these youngsters have to put up their um put up their game and then say no we are not going to let our team down so with sri lanka you saw it right so um you have to you have to have sorry with australia as well right absolutely. when you know langer hayden warn mcgrath or retired around the same time mm-hmm. their performances dropped off and it's hard to lose four absolute kingpins in any team mm-hmm. so yeah so something to look forward to if you are a bangladeshi fan that's why you want these occasional good performances from afif hasan completely quiet right so all of these people mehdi hasan miraz mm-hmm. is now also the next generation for them so you want them to stand up right so let's see yeah. how it goes now um, mm-hmm. irani trophy so i just wanted to quickly round that out that is the 
the name is irani cup uh, it is actually mm-hmm. uh, played between the champions of ranji trophy the first class champions in india and the rest of india uh, okay ranji trophy champions of last year were yeah. madhya pradesh and this was a proper five day thriller as uh, rene would put it so it was played on a <laughs> in a steady pitch so you know the rest of india always con- contains people who want to make their name be known they are sort of the almost the next next cabs of the rank so to say when it comes to yeah. the test match cricket so you mm-hmm. had mayank agarwal who until recently played for india in tests but now is sort of in one uh, rung lower he was the captain he couldn't do much but then these two people Abhi- abhimanyu ishwaran has been in the test match squad a couple of times he couldn't get a game he made yes. 154 yeah. yashasvi jaiswal is very young but is the real up and coming mm-hmm. talent one of those people whom you know will find a place in the team in the next couple of years once these big guns go cheteshwar pujara kohli go this guy will come back into the team into the indian team right, right? Yeah. then you have yashdhul again sort of a very bright talent a lot to look forward to from him he's recently the world cup winner under 19 world cup winner for india then you have the likes of baba indrajit who have been there or thereabouts mm-hmm. like mayank agarwal now he's in the second rung but he never made it to the first rung so people like him and then a bunch of bowlers like navdeep saini is sort of injury prone but can bowl really fast you have uh, mm-hmm. some journeyman cricketers from the first class like mukesh kumar atit sheth these are all journeyman cricketers who have mm-hmm. been now very close to the national team selection so with umesh yadav shami sort of closer to the end bumrah's body we don't know where it's going right so you need yeah, some sorry. of these people to sort of be there or thereabouts and play as close to the highest level as possible so these are the people yeah. names so that's why i'm uh, laying some of these names out for you but then you know a ranji trophy team winner the first class winner usually the pedigree is always there these guys very narrowly failed to make the knockouts this time madhya pradesh and mm. they showed they had the fight in them so it was even though there, there was enough of a gap in the first innings uh, when it comes to the scores yashasvi uh, jaiswal made 200s in the game just as a reminder knock knock i'm right here to the selectors yeah right? just look at that yeah a bit yeah a bit of a day out there didn't he got a great time <laughs> no because look there are a yeah. couple of people missing out here there is a sarfraz khan from mumbai who's i thought was very unlucky to miss out on india selection and probably he should have been in the first test according to most people right. if not this guy right here ashish vijayswal because look surya kumar yadav is really good and he sort of in that uh, indian setup so to say in both the limited overs uh, teams right but they gave him a game ahead of somebody like one of these two that was a bit surprising for many of us who follow the game a bit more closely at least the first class setup in india yeah. but then you know the the result happened the way Yeah, it, it, you know, diminishing diminishing returns, uh, exactly how you expect in a test match, and then Madhya Pradesh lost. But then that's okay. It was a very competitive game, then nonetheless. And some some highlights, as I said, for those uh, who are sort of putting their names up for selection in India when it comes to first class cricket. Now, well, just a quick review of the ongoing WPL. I'm I'm not followed following every game, but then RCB I follow. and apparently they've started exactly the way the men started three <laughs> losses in a row huge drubbings well not huge drubbings but their bowlers considering a lot of runs what is you be used to it yeah come on i mean what what is it with rcb i mean your your bowlers always go out there concede 200 so then your batsmen try their best they came to 119 yesterday's game right in fact mm. i dare say there were some not so clever uh, exchanging of strikes in the 17th and the 18th over that probably cost them again because it was just two big hits and there was somebody who was capable of landing those hits in heather night at the crease she yeah, played 30 of them well. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I she's mean, gone well. I think Karika Ahuja when she was dismissed. So it was just, you know, always like that. It's it's those nine out of ten. You had to make ten out of ten. You went to nine, right? And then yeah. basically it was Australian quality that won them the game. Uh, the Gujarat uh, Giants because uh, Annabel Sutherland and Ashley Gardner. Mm-hmm. Well, Annabel Sutherland was talked around quite for quite a lot, but they kept persisting with her because when the time came, she would still deliver those goods. She did Kim Garth yeah. at the top of the bowling. So, you know, Indian women bowlers are not yet standing up in this tournament. This is the one thing I want. Indian women cricketers are making the runs. The top order batting is coming mm-hmm. good. Arlene Diol in this case, right? And Dalan Himalata. You see, they'll make the runs. But then for me, the Indian bowling needs to stand up. So I told you, when the IPL happened, the men's game changed quite a lot. The fitness aspect, the strategizing, yeah. everything changed, mm-hmm. right? So we want this to happen for the women's game. So maybe the first two seasons, we'll see that the women's game is also going to slowly pick it up. For me, the bowling is the real difference. And that needs to change. Yeah, you're pretty hopeful there. I think that obviously Indian women's cricket is going to go the same way. They've still got a good team. They're littered with superstars, the Indian women's team. But what, I guess what you're trying to have is what the culture of the IPL has created is having, you know, players who can come in from your um, regional teams. I don't know. It's not called county cricket, but, you know, your the players who are sat on the sidelines are coming in and they've played these games that are high intensity um, and the experience that they get from themselves and well to go forward in their career. Um, but I think, you know, the, the flip side of that is the international women's game is going to go really well for this because the opportunity is the likes of Ash Gardner, Annabelle Sutherland, Sophia Dunkley, Heather Knight, Elise Perry, Sophie Devine, all those international players in this game having the opportunity to play a tournament in India, whereas they've maybe not had that many opportunities before, is pretty huge. Yeah, I, the, the the concept of the WPL is is phenomenal and it's so exciting to see women's cricket um, celebrated like this. And, and I'm sure all the, all the Indian fans are getting behind it. Um, and like you said, I think it's just a, a, matter, of, a matter of time before the uh, Indian women and these teams sort of, get up to that high performance because you, you've got to be inspired as an Indian player to be playing with Ashley Gardner mm-hmm. who's one of the best women's cricketers um, in the world you've got Heather Knight there um, Sophie Devine she saw she scored 66 she's only New Zealander in the, in the tournament so shout out to Sophie Devine um, you've got Elise Perry there so I've just the experience that these players are getting is so exciting to me absolutely look that's the one thing and what you said right there is a big setup there. There's a big setup that, uh, you know, the razzmatazz that's already there mm-hmm. that will automatically be brought in the Bollywood dancing, the big lights, the crackers, all yeah. that, right? That's good. But at the end of the day, it's about really the cricketing skills on the field picking up what uh, Mark also highlighted. For me, there are superstars who are all batting superstars. Once uh, Julan Goswami retired, mm. We don't have really many bowling superstars. I want the next next uh, setup, Renuka Thakur, you know, Dailan Himalata, Snehrada, all yeah. of these people to actually step up, be mm-hmm. the superstars. Like Shami is, Umesh Adav is, right? So I want them to also yeah. become those sort of superstars who can win games for India. Mm-hmm. And also what Rene said is absolutely pivotal. A lot of women cricketers getting to tour India, getting to understand more of those conditions, getting comfortable there. This mm-hmm. IPL did. For the top league of cricketers everywhere yeah. in the world, playing in India became the rigor. Yeah. So I'm saying this might still happen, but then the cricket will also grow. The challenges will be there. That means the local cricketers yeah. will get that much better and it goes on. So it's 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 all for the good, right? That's what I'm going to say. 
Yeah. It's all a great cycle, right? As the, the overseas superstars get more attuned mm. to playing in Indian conditions. So your local bowlers have to get better and they're bat- they're bowling against them in the nets every day. Mm-hmm. So they're be- they're picking up things that they see from your your international superstars. And I think that's where the IPL did so well for Indian cricket was all of these players came over and it was just mm-hmm. it's like one big community of cricket just sharing knowledge, which is now paying dividends for the Indian team. Absolutely. Um, but also for other teams around the world. So it's it's really exciting to see, especially for women's cricket at the moment. Yeah, I, I think that you um you've nailed something there, Jeet, because I think there's a real opportunity for um an Indian woman and in one of these teams to just stand up and make a, a you know show stopping performance. Because I'm just looking through some of these scores and and it it is your common names in women's cricket who are so far doing really well, like your um Hayley Matthews from the West Indies, um Heather Knight, Ash Gardner, as we said. But if if there's sort of this unknown person who can do something so cool like that's what will move the game forward and that's what will give you lots of notice so yeah I'm, I'm just so excited for this tournament I wish it was at a better time though it's on at like 3 a.m <laughs> <It's so annoying. laughs> oh don't you yeah, worry we have the time. same complaint if you are in India or if you're anywhere <laughs> in Europe you're like what time do you play a cricket like you know that that last day of that amazing thing series between New Zealand and England oh, yeah. I couldn't catch any of it all I went to bed yeah. when Ben Stokes came into bat can you imagine? And then I wake up in the morning and I see this this result. It broke my heart that I couldn't watch it. <laughs> but yeah, it's what it's meant to be. Now, um, yeah. moving on. Mm. Um, some interesting news. So Aidan Makram, we already discussed. Mm. He was appointed the T20 captain, but Temba Bobuma was dropped. I mean, his returns deserved that he be dropped. So I think they quietly made him give up the captaincy. Mm. And then yeah. he was uh, let go from the team. But then what is this that Faf Duplessis may make a comeback? At least <laughs> yes. because... It's between you now that that coach Rob Walter, who handles the um, you know the uh, limited or squad for South Africa, I think he and between him and Fafty Plessy, they have a very nice bond over the years. Mm-hmm. There's some talks going on in the background. Do you think uh, Faf? I wouldn't say deserves a comeback, but so yeah, go on. Interesting. It's an interesting question because I, I had a quick look before we started. Um, and so Fafty Plessy retired from Test cricket a, a few years back, but he actually never officially retired from the short formats um he just wasn't named in the team for the past three years mm. so uh, yeah like he's, he's kind of never been officially retired so is it a comeback it, it is kind of it's a bit odd like you said they probably want some young blood in there with with some of their team getting older um but I don't know on the flip side we've sort of been saying for a while South African cricket is uh, a little bit of a mess, so maybe someone like Faf Duplessis could pull this team together. Hmm. Yeah, it's odd. It's odd. <laughs> Mark? Yeah, I think it's all it's all well and good wanting young players to come through, but if you haven't got young players making your runs, then you've got mm. someone like Faf Duplessis who's just is such a good player. Like mm. he had a really good um, big bash tournament in Australia in the 2020 format. So I think you know he's still got it. He's still such a class player. Yeah. Um, that you'd be quite remiss in not allowing him the opportunity to make his own place back in the team again. Given everything that he's done for South African cricket as well for quite a number of years, Mm. I think, you know, he deserves another opportunity. If he doesn't perform, fair enough, but it's not as if he's going to do any worse than, I think, you know, the younger players that just Mm. aren't able to really take that opportunity at the moment. I think South Africa also need, as I just want to think, South Africa need a good ODI World Cup this year. They've had they had a very disappointing 2019 World Cup. They had a 
very memorable semi-final loss to New Zealand yeah. in 2015. So, so maybe that that's what it's about. Is it are they looking to not choke at a World Cup? And is Fafu to see that person? I don't know, but it's an interesting situation. I'm keen to keep an eye on it. Hmm. Look, I I'll give you an opposite view. So he's not been a part <laughs> of the setup for three years now. There have been new captains. There have been new management. There has been a different ethos. And don't you forget, this guy had enough chances as a captain to go at a World Cup and try and win something, right? Mm. World Cups. Yeah. But for me, once you've moved on, it's better to just leave those people who have sort of faded into the sunset. Be there for me. You have the likes of Deval Brevis, baby AB as he's called, right? And mm-hmm. you have these other big hitters. In South Africa, you always so the latest SST Twenty tournament also threw up a few names, which yeah. you'd mm-hmm. rather go with somebody who's twenty four, twenty five, twenty six, if not twenty, right? Let him fail more often because he's an investment into the future. This yeah. guy, yeah. even if you were to bring him back with all the accolades, with all the runs he's just made in the last couple of seasons, even it's still going to be a stopgap. You don't see him there in the team and. However well he may gel within the ethos of this team, this guy had his own setup at some point in time. So he might bring in new ideas. Yeah, yeah. You can always hire him as a consultant. But for me, his days of playing in South African colours have come and gone. I dare say, blood a youngster, let him make those mistakes so that he can learn. This is my way of thinking. Yeah, and I wouldn't say that either thought trail is right or wrong. You're probably more right in what you're saying is that kind of what we said about Ray and Ahmed earlier, right, is give them the opportunities to figure out their game at, against the best players. Um, Faf Duplessis knows his game. He's 39 this year. How long is he actually going to stick around? Probably not that much longer. So, yeah, maybe give your younger players an opportunity, but also having somebody in the squad like Faf Duplessis is only going to help your younger players. So I'm kind of on the fence about it, personally. I would love to see him back from a selfish perspective. I think he's such a great player, but I do hear what you say and I don't necessarily disagree with what you say either Rajit in terms of having your younger players and giving them the exposure to to good experience Redney, another rebuttal <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm really on the fence about it and I'm just wondering like would we be having this conversation if it wasn't Faf Duplessis like is there someone else out there who who would want to make a comeback and we well, would immediately shut that down so I yeah but I, I'm also like, if, if you give Faf Duplessis a comeback, is he sort of almost going to get a bit arrogant about it and think that he's almost invincible? And is that going to serve South African cricket when they are in a bit of a troubled spot? So, hmm. yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really really on the fence about this. Look, because I, I like you said, I love him as a player. He's so good, but should he just ride out the T20 league? That's that's my way. Thriving. No, that's my way. Yeah. I mean, he'll have these occasional gems of innings, but playing mm-hmm. at the international mm-hmm. cricket is definitely one level step up again. We don't know if he'll be able to make it mm-hmm. again. So we've seen sometimes players who stayed out of uh, the big international setup for a couple of years trying to make a comeback, not getting much there. I think Sanaj Jaisuria did it once, right? And especially yeah. in a smaller mm-hmm. cricket setup, uh, there are going to be people like this given chances. But then South Africa has a huge cricketing setup. I think they should simply move on because yeah. you are talking of who else, right? A.B. de Villiers, I think every other World Cup they keep talking of, you know, somebody talks of bringing him back. I mean, it's gone. It's a, They are done. Their best days are behind them. They chose to they chose to stay away or the parts that we chose to not select them for a reason. I think it's just time yes. to move on from there. Yeah, it, 
I think it also brings up the question of should a player have a contract with their country and be allowed to pick and choose when they play for their country? Like, should Fafta Duplessis, you know, should he be allowed to only choose to play in World Cups and just not play these other series around the country? And and it's a debate that New Zealand cricket are having with Trent Bolt. It's just about to say, I thought you were talking about Trent Bolt before. Right, right, right. Yeah. No, it's a good one. It's also very correct that uh, the nature of professional sport itself is going to change, Mm. whether we like or not professional cricket here. Because Mm. if you know what has happened to football, the club game is bigger than the international game. Yeah. Uh, European, you know, EPL final is probably bigger than um, World Cup final. Many cases, right? Because of the players that are playing and so on. So, but at the end of the day, that's how probably professional sports will evolve. And I think teams have to make their decisions strictly with what they want, what they want for their future. Mm. It's impossible to let a player pick and choose simply because no matter how good he or she is, um, it's about the team ethos and what the team needs at a given time, right? But yeah. mm. you cannot stop a player from going and earning a living because they have a limited limited amount of years. It's not like they're going to work after they're 40 and they're going to only get, going to get better with experience and so on. No, like I work in yeah, IT, yeah. I can tell you that it's a different, slightly different game. <laughs> cricketer or a footballer you have a 10 year mm-hmm. career maybe a 15 year mm-hmm. career if you're lucky at the highest level right so then you have to make the most of it so players may end up playing less games for their national teams more on a league circuit t20 whichever that is mm-hmm. right but they earn their living but then they give their best couple of years for a national team and that's how it's going to be so what we see with uh, Trent Bolt, I would never blame him. He has a young family at home. He's closer to the end of his career. And that's what mm. that's what you do. So, but people like Morne Markle chose to retire. You took 300 test wickets. You decided you had enough. You had done enough of a service for your country. You retire. And then you go into the leagues. But Trent Bolt has not done that because he's kept his options open because New Zealand has a smaller cricketing setup. And he has still yeah. a chance to come back and play. Right in England, in South Africa, in India, they would say goodbye, good luck. Right? They would wave well, off, wave you off. Say that. Yeah, you say that, but about three or four years ago, um, Eddie Rashid decided that he wasn't going to go and play red ball cricket mm-hmm. at all. He took a white ball contract um, and then two months later found himself somehow in the test match squad. Um, hmm. the only bit that I've got to say about this the only concern that I've got about this is the more money that gets pumped into these leagues the more that the younger players are going to reject red ball cricket and go straight to white ball cricket and become franchise players you look at the West Indies and what they've done over the last seven or eight years is their players aren't playing for the West Indies because they're prioritising T20 tournaments hmm. which is fine because that's where the money is but also you're losing your best international players to tournament cricket um, and that is the that's the worry. I think that's where international cricket, the ICC, needs to step in, or at least have a look at it and see what negotiations can take place to make sure that the best players are playing in the best tournaments, but also international tournaments as well. I somehow feel ICC as a body cannot helm this sort of a discussion simply because it's very nuanced for every country mm. differently. For India, it will be differently nuanced than for England, for New Zealand. So this is something that has to happen really between the board and the players concerned, simply because India has such a huge pool of players, South Africa similar, England is similar. But maybe New yeah. Zealand, Sri Lanka, not so much. West Indies, not so much. So mm-hmm. you you see, you saw that first, the set of a professional player ethos first in West Indies, actually. 
right yes no, t20 yeah. t20 pros who want to go out there and uh, probably earn a buck you have somebody like sunil narayan completely turning his back on the west indian setup simply because look it it was it's hard numbers what he earned yeah, yeah. in 7 years of west indian contract would be what he would earn in 8 weeks of ipl in one year so you can immediately understand where that that affinity comes from it's also about the individual right so anyway it's it's so nuanced that probably it'll take another 30 minutes of a discussion so but yeah. <laughs> i just feel such a such a discussion can only be had between the players and the cricket setup in a country rather than a world body like icc trying to get in there because they will not actually have too much of a stake one thing for them a successful tournament means successful tournaments uh, successful teams competing but then who are the superstars of a team is usually decided within the team there are always big players everywhere and you say this is a big former player this is a big current player there may be bigger draws but then it's usually still the teams that draw people rather than individual players i mean this is my thought process yeah. and so on so okay mm. moving on a cup, couple of just mentions so scotland news we have doug walters doug watson sorry doug walters is a different name am i bad yeah. he uh, is taking up um, interim head coach position sort of trying to see scotland to get qualified so as we were discussing earlier there are some qualifiers coming up in namibia and zimbabwe i think for the world mm. cup so that's going to be interesting because nepal have done really well in the tournament that is currently ongoing between namibia png uae and nepal in uae nepal have won a series of games they were all low scoring games right but nepal have made a very mm. strong comeback so nepal were in the 6th or the 7th position in the league 2 so the set of teams that are trying to compete and trying to qualify for the world cup in 2023 in india so nepal have put a very strong foot forward right so if you look at the yeah. top 5 suddenly uae have dropped out of the top 5 so that means uae who are mm. in a very good position will now have to go and play another qualifier so they'll have to play two qualifiers one in nbbr yeah. try to fin- finish there in the finals or winning that and then go back and then play another qualifier in zimbabwe so it's going to be quite a road back for uae but nepal mm. suddenly yeah, have put a really f- strong foot forward and then those results really have affected how uae will go ahead yeah it's i always thought the uae were going to struggle to be honest you look, but then i'm looking at the table now some of the teams that are in the united states for example um mm-hmm. a team that i i thought uae would probably not struggle as much given that some of the ipl tournaments took place there during covid and obviously the pakistan series has been taking place there for the last few years before international cricket returned back to pakistan um Hmm. We have a bit of a shame there for UAE. Um hopefully they can see their way through those qualifiers to still have a chance of qualifying for that 2023 uh, World Cup in India. Absolutely. Look, it was just those three games. They lost all three. Yeah. Hmm. We couldn't have thought of this in a while that UAE would not be there in the top 5, but Nepal have leapfrogged them. See, Oman have done consistently well. Scotland are right at the top of the tree. In fact, they might be the next yeah. cap of the rank if you want a test match team, but that's a discussion for another time. But Oman, Namibia and United States, United States did a lot of good jobs, a lot of good tournaments playing at home. So they won a lot of games mm-hmm. there and they secured that. They're still not completely safe, but you could say they're relatively safe and they're fine. So, but then UAE will have to yeah. then compete with Papua New Guinea, all of these other teams in uh, Namibia. All right. Those are the other news that we wanted to discuss. It's been a very fruitful discussion and rather a very, mm. very nuanced discussion. I really liked what we did here. So thank you very much to both of you for your uh, participation in our podcast. Thanks for having us on.
it's it's been an absolute pleasure yeah thanks for having us absolutely yeah we love talking cricket um yeah like you said we we are armchair critics as well so it's been a lot of fun to to debate it and yeah i'm sure other people have got opinions too from the way we discussed i think i would love to have you back as guests again sometime shortly maybe each of you but maybe both of you so it's it's been fantastic chatting with you <laughs> and uh, we work better as a pair fair enough <laughs> so i i see that as well but i, I saw some interesting stuff <laughs> as you each spoke by yourself so in in any case i would love to have you both so um would you like to shout out about your own podcast any upcoming projects anything uh go on rena you yeah. better uh, broadcast <laughs> yes. voice than i do Oh goodness me. Um yeah so we 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 run the back of a link podcast. We have a new episode out I sort of Wednesday or Thursday throughout the New Zealand summer. Um so if you want to go back you can catch some highlight episodes about our New Zealand England series and about um the Super Smash which is New Zealand's local T20 league. Um otherwise we'll be looking forward to the Sri Lanka series. Um see how New Zealand goes in their test matches and then onto a short form series which I'm very interested in because a number of players leave for the IPL so we can see some uh fringe black caps come through and finish off the New Zealand season there um so like we said that's out uh Wednesday or Thursday New Zealand time on Spotify and on YouTube and we're all over social media back of a link podcast perfect i'll i will also add a link to your twitter handle so our listeners oh, okay, can also okay, get yeah. in touch with you So thank yes, you very much for your participation. We wish all our listeners a good day wherever they may be listening from. Bye bye. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast.